Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Welcome in. We are indeed in the off-season, which means kings of non-sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast here with you, live on a Monday night, March the 27th, 2023. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and it's that time of year again, WrestleMania coming around this coming weekend, once again with the two-night spectacles, Saturday and Sunday, this time out at SoFi out in Los Angeles. The uh, the roads are leading to Hollywood. Uh, all roads, indeed, are leading uh, out to L.A. Uh, and we are very happy to, once again, have Jerry, the wrestling expert, come in and help us break down and preview WrestleMania. Jerry, how are you doing tonight? Great, 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 great. Thanks for having me again. Can't believe it's that time of year already. Yeah, comes up uh, real quick. You get the uh, the daylight savings, and you're adjusting to that, and then a couple of weeks later, oh, look, it's WrestleMania time. You know, uh, baseball season coming along at the, at the exact same time, uh, that comes along uh, as a surprise as well. Like, you look up, and it's time for baseball, which, uh, Jay, you uh, will be doing double duty. You and I, tomorrow night, have our baseball preview. So, uh, we get they get to hear both of our lovely voices two nights in a row, but, uh, but you're, you're battling it. Uh, you're... you're playing hurt for us tonight so we'll we'll take it easy on you i'm trying to i I gotta sort of fight through tonight because i know i'm gonna have to do a lot more uh talking tomorrow but this this show is more about you guys you guys are the wrestling experts i'm more of the uh i'm more of the drive-by uh you know i'm I'm just i'm kind of the collateral damage here you know just having uh, a lifelong friend who who's always talking wrestling and knows a lot about wrestling and you know i'm i'm you know, I was the, always the. Uh, you told me, uh, I believe, what was the term that you said? Uh, I should have the uh, wrestling podcast for non-wrestling fans at one point. Yeah, because you you get a lot yeah. of these predictions right uh, sometimes uh, more than I do, and you don't, and you only watch like once or twice a year, or not even at yeah, all. Yeah, well, all, all it's all you need. It's like you know, it's it, it's really like watching a soap opera. Yeah, you can go we, we say a it every year, year without watching, and you're all you know, you watch one night, or in my case. <laughs> In my case tonight, uh, I was following along on, on the socials, so trying to just get the because I do not have once football season ends, I do not have any live TV service anymore. I don't usually re up that until the draft. Yep, and that's at the end so, of the month. So yeah, uh, we'll, so that's we'll be back for too. that. Yep. Everything, everything coming up all at once. Yeah. This weekend we'll be was, in Chicago for the, for the baseball draft. I was invited to a WrestleMania party. Uh, I was like, nope, sorry, I, uh, I'm going to be at the greatest, uh, the greatest day in sports on Saturday. Yeah. So I'll be yeah, missing we, that, and, and and you'll be there, and we'll we'll have that. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about that uh, as we start getting into baseball. But tonight's about wrestling. So tonight is about wrestling, uh, which 
Jerry, the wrestling expert, we, we saw the angle to end uh, the go-home Raw, where, of course, Cody Rhodes is going to beat Solo Sokoa in his, his build-up match. You can't have the top challenger lose uh, going into WrestleMania, so that was no surprise. They had the Usos come out and, and get interrupted from interfering by uh, their challengers, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, usually, Jerry, I feel like we always kind of look at the, the build and the card, and we have uh, a lot of criticisms and a lot of uh, things to say that are that are not so nice, that all the things that WWE uh, is doing wrong, or in our opinion, leading up to I, I know you're going to agree with this. Things seem a lot uh, better lately. Uh, the creative seems a lot more interesting. The build for the main event is is compelling. Uh, the the go home raw tonight was was very good. There was not a lot of uh, filler, not a lot of things that make you go, "Ugh, that's what is going on." There's a couple of things here and there, but uh, in general, um, I think you agree with me that uh, things have been looking much better creatively overall lately. Oh yeah, business has picked up uh, from from when uh, Vince had stepped down and and kind of handed the reins over. Uh, it was, you know, we saw some people get re-signed. We saw some. I mean, if a year ago somebody would have told me that in ex- something I'm looking forward to is Dominic Mysterio match, uh, right. and, and where the bloodline's gone, and if I would have never picked Sami Zayn getting on fire, and I'm so happy for him, so happy for yep. him. I remember when he made his debut. Uh, against John Cena for the, uh, the the U.S. title, he blew his shoulder out. He was he literally blew his shoulder out, waving his hands in the air too hard, and he yeah. he blew his shoulder out. So like the guy just had some bad luck, and things that never seemed to kind of go outside of a match with matches with Kevin Owens. But to see where all of a sudden he got mixed in with the Bloodline, uh, that is something I did not see coming, and it, some interesting, really good quality pay per views. Um, from December on that, that were really, really better than normal. Uh, the Bloodline storyline is fantastic. Um, Gunther with the, the, the Intercontinental title, I, I think most people still kind of call him Walter. It's pretty amazing. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of dogs in the sun. There's plenty of dogs in these cards, too. Like, I just don't care to see Tristat Stratus and Lita in the ring anymore. That's just me. Maybe I'm the only, maybe I'm the only one that thinks that way, but there, there is some good stuff, though, really good stuff coming up here. Yeah, definitely. Um, the the whole bloodline thing definitely blowing up was, uh, I think that's some really good patient storytelling that, that takes a lot of foresight. It takes a lot of uh, resisting the hot-shotting booking and saying, okay, let, let's put somebody else's champ because it's been over a year, it's been over two years, now it's going on three years. Uh, really great to build up uh, a guy uh, in Roman Reigns who they wanted to push to the moon all those years. And we talked for all these years that we do these WrestleMania previews about how, why do they keep putting, putting him as the top baby face and everyone's booing him out of the building. Uh, and now they have him in a, in a very good role where he's sort of the godfather of WWE overlooking everything with his, his wise man, Paul Heyman next to him. And now they kind of surprised me by building him up for this long uh, and having him champ for all these years, which I actually always thought was leading towards let's just keep him at the top as long as we can until we can finally get The Rock to clear his schedule and come in for a WrestleMania, which has not happened. So now uh, they get this Cody Rhodes situation happen where he becomes the free agent uh, and decides to leave the company that he founded, AEW, uh, and come over uh, last year. Uh, 
it, it sure looks like they're building him up to come in and be the man to knock off Roman Reigns. So uh, is is that legit? Is is uh, you know after building Reigns for three years as this unbeatable champion uh, to have Cody, you know to have Stardust come in and and take him down? Uh, Jerry, is, is that believable? Am I being too harsh? Right now it is, but I always worry about, and this is where WWE falters, is now what? Uh, that's what happened with Daniel Bryan. He won the title, and then it's like, now what? Uh, and it just falls into the old WCW when Sting finally won the title, now what? And we ended up putting the mask on Ric Flair. It was terrible. So I do worry that they've they got to have some things lined up, um, you know, post-WrestleMania for Cody to keep going. And and to be, I mean, I mean the the crowd reaction from when he first came uh, to his injury. And the fact that he went through that match with that torn peck was disgusting and, and oh. amazing. And then they have the big comeback and to, to have a WrestleMania, to have the Royal Rumble uh, end uh, the Royal Rumble match, have it where there was almost a match afterwards, like literally the final two guys, I thought they were in there 20 minutes with each other at the end, which is unheard of. And it was entertaining. Forgot it was a, a Royal Rumble match still. Right. Yeah, and you so, kind of had to get him in there that long to sort of make it believable and to, to keep him as a babyface because they gave him number 30, right? He was 29 or 30 uh, in the Royal Rumble. Uh, so it almost was like, man, it's, obviously he's going to win. They're making him, you know, they're, they're keeping him out there as the last guy. So they didn't want him going 40, 50 minutes, which I, I guess I understand. But if you have him in there too short where he's the last, you know, the last person to enter and then only is in there 10 minutes or so and winds up raising his hands. And then it's like, he just got there and he, and he, and he won. So they kind of had to uh, stretch it out a little bit at the end to make it, you know, credible. So I, I, I understand that. Um, but yeah, just to have him as the, the top guy all of a sudden, uh, just thinking about what he went through to get released by WWE um, and build himself back up on the independence in Japan in uh, AEW in ring of honor, you know, pretty much went everywhere, went to impact even for a while. Um, I, and I always remember he's got that theater degree. Every time I see him cut a promo, I remember, Oh yeah, he's the guy that's got the degree in, in theater. Cause he, uh, he, he's so dramatic. He's so, I guess, eloquent. He's so, he, he really does know how to, to, to cut a promo in a different way than all these other guys. So uh, it's not a bad thing. But when he's not paired off, you know, to do promos with someone else who's also great on the mic, it looks really bad. It sticks out like a sore thumb. And this, you know, feud, he's, he's paired off with Paul Heyman. And, and of course, that's great because anyone uh, is going to look great when they're, when they're going toe-to-toe with Paul Heyman. So uh, that, that, of course, has been awesome. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's still a little to me like – I, I guess I get the build around him. He's the returning star in the, in the storyline and all that. He's like the overwhelming betting favorite. I know that we don't talk a lot about betting pro wrestling because it's kind of ridiculous because it's, it's scripted, but you, you can find odds. Uh, Bet Online uh, has WrestleMania odds, and uh, Cody Rhodes is like the big favorite to, to be the guy to end Roman, Roman Reigns' streak. He's like minus 550 right now, and I would have never, ever – thought something like that um well, i'm I, super I, excited i mean this this match alone i've, I've built to like what they did with the bloodline to where i mean even anytime roman reigns is coming to the ring you, i catch myself holding my finger in the air i mean it's like <laughs> am i really this guy am i on this train now 
It, it's entertaining. <laughs> it's great. It's a it's a beautiful buildup. Uh, Cody Rhodes coming back and and knocking out of the park, even though he's got the worst entrance music that everyone likes apparently. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm to me I'm the winner. I don't care. I don't even care who wins because I think either way it's it's going to be. A, this is strange for me. I've had many WrestleManias where if this person doesn't win, I don't know if I can watch. I think it's unwatchable for a while afterwards. This is one of those moments that if they may, if they had Cody lose and and it was entertaining and, and a really good addition to continue the story. Um, but I also don't want to see what happened to his dad, which is uh, had a big moment at Starcade, if you recall, and uh, lost and had to try to drag it out a whole other year. And I think it lost its luster by the time you got to the finish line a second time. Yeah, there's, there's a, a few things in there that I wanted to circle back to. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, trying to remember it all. The uh, all right, the dusty thing uh, was the last thing you mentioned. Uh, for those of us who remember the the early and mid 1980s, we're really going back there. But yeah, Dusty Rhodes, uh, actually three time former world champion, but all those reigns were like a month, a month and a half before uh, the heel got the title back, and and they started to chase all over again because that was sort of. Uh, Jim Crockett Promotions thing was to have the, the, the bad guy as the guy with the title pretty much all the time, and that's how they made their money was going all around the country, uh, having the good guy chasing the bad guy all the time, and it was very effective, especially with Ric Flair as your bad guy. Um, but yeah, Dusty losing in, in 84 with that uh, uh, the, the Joe Frazier match. Joe, uh, Jason, they had Joe Frazier as the uh, special guest like enforcer referee for uh, one of those Ric Flair Dusty Rhodes title matches uh, for Starkid '84, um, and they they had Joe Frazier like a controversial decision where he looks at uh, Dusty Rhodes uh, bleeding, and this is the '80s, so as you remember, everybody bled all the time, right? But they made it where Joe Frazier, being the boxing expert, looks at the cut in Dusty Rhodes' eye and says, "Oh, it's too severe. Uh, we have to we have to stop the match," uh, and Ric Flair like escapes with a with a victory. You know, barely escapes. He's getting his ass kicked, but because Dusty Rhodes is bleeding, uh, they they stopped the match, um, and they stretched that title's chase all the way out to Stark '85. And Dusty Rhodes fights Ric Flair again, uh, and they pulled this what was actually so legendary. Uh, they call it the Dusty Finish. That it was a complete swerve finish where Dusty does something to get disqualified, uh, throwing Flair over the top rope, uh, but the referee got knocked out. So the match continued. Another referee came out of the back. Dusty beat Ric Flair, wound up getting a, a pinfall on him and winning the title, and the whole arena going crazy. And they went home thinking, we saw our hero finally catch the villain and beat him and win the championship. And then, like, the next week on the on the TV tapings, they say, actually, the original referee saw Dusty throw Rick over the top rope, and, and he, he called for a disqualification, but nobody noticed because it was so loud or something like that. So, actually, Ric Flair is still the champion after everyone went home thinking that Dusty was – it was such a crazy finish. So, that that's the links that they used to go through to make sure the bad guy was still, by hook or by crook, uh, still the champion just to keep that chase thing going. So, that that's how they used to do things back in the day. Yeah, I did, that definitely wouldn't work, uh, you know. I oh, think no. the time is right. I mean, I don't know behind the scenes what's going on with, with Roman Reigns. I know he had a, um, he's had some bouts with cancer. Um, I have heard nothing that indicates it's back, um, and maybe it's just time for a break. I mean, he has been, uh, I cast off to him, he has been hitting 
the road solid for going on three years. Sure. Uh, it is a little different, though. It's not like he has to go and, and work all the house shows. He he doesn't work nearly as much as like if he was champ 10 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, where they really were on the road 300 days a year. It's not quite that hectic, but uh, he, has, uh, he has been working hard. Uh, but they don't have to wrestle nearly as much as, as they used to. So I think that's a good thing, though. You don't want to burn these guys out if you can help it. Well, I can't uh, believe yeah. what I'm hearing. This has got to be the second biggest turnaround on this show since your, turnaround, my Lord. Since, your, since your turnaround on Josh Allen. <laughs> I don't think we've had a bigger turnaround on this show than listening to you two guys talk about Roman Reigns positively. For, for how much uh, grief uh, he's been given, even on this show over the years, uh, I, I'm stunned. I know. I'm stunned. I, 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 just, and, you know, they just had to listen to us. They had to listen to us two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Go back, folks. It's uh, it's all there in the archives, uh, the way that we destroyed the way that they, they did the creative on Roman Reigns. Yeah. I mean, and his awful, his awful handling of the mic and yeah. – you know his his lack of moves. Uh, uh, Jerry talking about his illegal punch. Um, <laughs> I remember it all. Wow, you really do. You know, remember so, it he, all. he can he can illegal punch all day now. Yeah, everybody. So so that's the general consensus out there now is like the people are. It took them. I mean, after having him like rammed down our throats for years, I, I guess it worked. Well, that's the thing. How many years do you have to send him out there as your hero babyface and everyone boo him out of the building <laughs> before you realize, hey, maybe we should turn this around and, and have him be the bad guy and, and give him uh, yeah. somebody to speak for him, uh, yeah. which Paul Heyman is the best to, to speak for somebody. Well, now they're set up, though. Cody wins. He can take a break, and then when he yep. comes back, he'll be on fire. Everyone's ready to, to love the guy then, and then we can see a SummerSlam rematch. Yeah, it's all set up. What, one other thing you had mentioned that I wanted to uh, re- reference, uh, you, you say uh, Cody has the worst theme music that the people seem to love. Look, as long as Chris Jericho is still using that Judas shit, Cody does not have the worst theme music out there. That, that's just how I feel about it. At least Jericho at least found out, hey, you know, I can make uh, royalties every time I make an entrance. Hey, it's his song, it's his song, and then he can make money off it. So yeah, that hats off to him. It's still a bad song. Yeah, you know, and there's one thing I want to mention because there's no match announced yet. But he's going to have a present. Uh, I never saw this one coming, but uh, L.A. Knight is on fire, and it's a travesty. He's he's going to have some type of something on the show. I don't know what yet, but uh, to see this guy go from I didn't remember what his name was in NXT, and they switch it to L.A. Knight, and to see him take out. To, to take off, you know, and he's actually kind of in that phase where he's losing a lot right now, but the, but the guy's got something and I cannot wait to see where this is going to go over the course of a year or two. And hopefully he stays healthy. That reminds me of the whole Vince McMahon situation where he uh, has to step down last summer after uh, all the Wall Street Journal reports of, of all the hush money that he's been paying, the millions of dollars of hush money to all these women that he's been. Uh, now wait a minute. In. You know it's the millions and millions. And of millions. <laughs> Sorry, I, I should have known that was coming. Uh, of all these women that he's been harassing over the years, so he finally decides to uh, tweet out a retirement 
uh, very hastily. Is that what we're calling it now? Are we calling it harassment now is what he was doing to them? Um, abuse, harassment. Uh, it, there's a lot of names that, that it can be called. <laughs> uh but the whole point is the creative turning around once Triple H uh, took over and, and and got the book, which we've been knowing that he was going to do for you know forever. Um, the the whole Eli Drake L.A. Night thing, that that is the type of thing. That's the exact type of thing. I, I don't know if you agree, Jerry. That would be buried if Vince was still head of creative because L.A. Night's not supposed to be over. That's the type of thing. I, it reminds me of Damian Sandow. It reminds me of, uh, God, there's so many other guys that got themselves upheld. Uh, Daniel Bryan uh, got over when he wasn't supposed to and, and got made to look like a goof for a long time. But basically anybody who gets over that is, doesn't have the machine behind them, um, they're going to find a way to, to slap them back in his place and, and take that push away. Fandango got over for a while uh, when he made his debut and everybody was doing the dance uh, in the in the crowd. And, and eventually they shut that down. Um, and L.A. Knight getting over uh, is exactly the same type of thing that I think they would put him uh, eventually in like a turkey outfit for Thanksgiving and have him get embarrassed or uh, throw a pie in his face or uh, do something to, to make him look like a complete goofball and then wind up, you know, cutting him later by and claiming that he can't get over. Uh, but that's well, not you know, what's you know happening. It's over when they, you know it's over when they put him in a wheelchair and throw him off the stage, Matt Cardona style. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so that's exactly the type of thing that is why we're giving all this praise to not just Roman Reigns, but WWE in general, Jay, is they're doing things differently now. I mean, it's 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 not a complete 180, but it's, it's pretty damn close where guys who get a crowd pop, and by the way, I still strenuously object to the artificial crowd noise thing because it's hard to tell who is getting uh, crowd noise and who's actually making an impact. Uh, when when they when they come when they come to the ring or when they do anything in the ring, it's still hard to tell what's real, what's not as far as the the crowd reactions on television. Uh, but but the uh, LA Knight reaction is hard to ignore. Like the, he he really is getting a pop when he comes out because people uh, do think he's entertaining. Uh, but that's the type of thing that's been that gets you buried back in the day. Uh, and now I don't think he's gonna get buried. I don't know if he's gonna get a mega push. But I don't think he's going to uh, be made to pay for getting over uh, just because he's not supposed to. I mean, it's reminiscent of what what's going on now reminds me of what NXT used to be. And NXT was exciting. We'd watch it every week. Uh, my, my wife, of all people, even went. She wanted to go to the show in Green Bay, and we watched it live. It was fantastic. And, of course, you had, like, um, you know, you, you had, um, you know, you had Bailey and you had uh, – Sasha Banks when we were watching it originally um, and whatnot. And it was, but it, it was amazing to see and the stories were good. Um, the action was great and the stories I feel have gotten better. They're starting to stretch these out uh, a little bit more um, long title reigns. I mean, the last one we saw was what CM Punk. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and even they, that one was starting to get a stretch. But uh, well, it could have gone longer. They, they cut that off that because they had uh, Rock Cena Part Two, and, and that's they had to have Rock come in and, and bury CM Punk and, and set up that title match for that WrestleMania. Uh, they could have kept going. Uh, but yeah, yeah and it, going back then, that's that's Vince McMahon too for you. Is let's have him lose. Let's have CM Punk lose to 
John Cena. Let's have him lose to The Rock, and then we're going to take him out. You know, then we'll have him in The Undertaker, and everybody, you know, <laughs> think, well, you just took all the excitement out. You just have him lose to those two guys. Now he lost to The Undertaker. Um, mm-hmm. Where now I just don't feel we're going to make those. Deci- I just don't feel like those decisions are being made. Now the joke's on us. We find out here Vince is making decisions. Ha ha! You guys are marks. <laughs> But um, you can definitely something. De- you know what? If Vince is in charge, he's changed his mind. He's not booking the way he used to. Then hats off. But what's going on now? I mean, is this strange that we're we're going through this podcast and we still haven't like? I mean, yeah, there's going to be some things I'm I'm questioning, but like overall, this is a a huge turnaround. Yeah, it it really is. I I'm not going to give Vince McMahon credit for it. The, the idea of a 75-year-old man finally seeing the error of his ways and, and deciding to do things differently. No, that, that's not reality. That's a, that's a movie. It sounds good, uh, but that's not actually uh, believable as far as I'm concerned. And no, I think it's just as what I said, that Ben stepped down, uh, uh, Hunter took the book and, and started doing what he wanted to do. And you, you uh, compared it to old NXT from four, five, six years ago. And of course, the common thread, Triple H was running NXT and doing things the way that we thought he would do it when he got a chance to run WWE. And that's exactly what's happening. I don't, I don't think it's uh, any uh, difficult, you know, you, you can connect the dots. I think it's really easy to, to see how things are going. And I, I definitely want to go back to the Dominic and Ray. Very predictable. That That's not the point. It, the fact that Dominic has come into his own and even a little bit of the comedy of how you know, all of a sudden he's this prison-hardened guy where he he really basically went in the county lockup for a night over what like a disturbing the peace situation. But he comes out with like the teardrop on his eye. He acts yeah. like he's. I mean, it was like this guy's got a great heel in him, and you know, to see the inevitable finally happen where Ray's going to take him on, I was cheering for it. And I was like, you know, you know, predictability. That's what wrestling is, but you still want to see it, and it was drawn out. And finally, they got the match, and, and, you know, I would really, you know, like to see, and I don't think Dominic losing would hurt him at all, um, because uh, he's just this, he is the judgment day, him and Ray Ripley. If you take those two out, there's really not much left and um, of what's going on storyline in there, but it is, it is amazing. It's a little reminiscent of Eddie Guerrero in China. Yeah, good call. And you you get the the mommy and the and the and the little guy, uh, and, and you can't take your eyes off because it's such a sort of mind fuck when you look at them. Like those two don't really go together, but it's it's actually uh, entertaining. Yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, impressed by Dominic's uh, com- comedic timing as well. You know, his in ring is you know needs work, but that's fine. He's still he's still young. Um, I I haven't been overly impressed with him at all, but. I do have some expectation that that match is going to be something special uh, with with his dad because I feel like Ray wouldn't go ahead with the angle and with the match and and uh, and the feud uh, if he didn't think Dom was ready if he didn't think he could get it done and uh, same thing with the you know the powers that be Vincent or Triple H whoever is uh, greenlighting all of this if they didn't think Dom could do it they wouldn't go this far with it um, so I, I think he's ready to take that step. I'm, I'm sure Ray's going to put him over. Um, I, I agree it wouldn't hurt him if he lost because he's still got the whole um, judgment day thing going, but I'm sure he's going to go. I'm sure he's going to go over. Um, but I actually think it's gonna, that match is probably going to be better than, than I'm giving it credit for. 
it's going to come across more like a uh, like a like a grudge match anyway. So they don't have to, you know, Ray's going to be Ray, but it can turn into an ass whooping, the father taking the kid to the woodshed situation. So it doesn't have to be too sexy of a of a technical match. But Ray's going to do his part for sure, as long as Dominic oh, yeah. can sell, and that's what the crowd wants anyways, is for him to get his. Uh, it's going to, he'll be fine. You're following along on socials, Jay. Uh, did anything jump out at you that might be interesting? I, I think the biggest uh, takeaway is the pointlessness of weigh-ins. Oh, my God, that segment was awful. And, and fully clothed, by the way, with shoes on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and one of them never weighed in. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it was Brock that they never fight. They actually never got right. his his. But that 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 segment got thoroughly roasted um, on on the <laughs> socials, and uh, that that gave me some that that gave me some some laughs. Um, you know, it, it, you know, WWE is good for you know. Not everything is going to be a horn. There's going to be some dud right. segments. But uh, first of all, wrestling weigh in. <laughs> is is pretty is is pretty stupid in, in its own right, and then yeah, and then these guys apparently were out there fully clothed, mm-hmm. um, and that the segment itself was just bad. Uh, there were a couple of the underwhelmed tweets out there on Twitter, like it, basically it sounded like a carbon copy of this show for the last however many years we've been doing this version <laughs> of this show where we start off and. Excuse me, and everybody's uh, like, well, same old, same old. But there was only a couple of those. Universally, it was positive, which I'm not used to seeing uh, going into, uh, you know, after the go-home Raw. Right. Mostly mostly and overall, pretty damn good. Mostly positive, yeah. And you just... Yeah, when I'm I'm going to sit here and and say uh, Brock Lesnar and Omos, I could care less about... They really, I thought they were going to put Gunther and Brock Lesnar. That really would have taken this to another level. But instead they, I don't know. I, I, I that That's a match where the, the, heck, the fact that Brock Lesnar is on a card that I don't care. I don't, that's the match I don't care about. I would have never called that a year ago. Right. Uh, but from what I read, Brock Lesnar, uh, they originally were going to do something with Bray Wyatt. And Brock said no. He just said, "No, nah, I'm not getting into that silliness and that garbage." And they basically said, "Okay, fine. Here's Omos. If you don't want to work with Bray Wyatt? Here's Omos. Work with that." Um, yeah, and I yeah. don't know what's happened with Bray Wyatt because his match—it's not even on the radar, I don't think. And so I don't know if he's done now, or if he got injured, or there's some personal issues again. I don't know what's going on, but that. Um, the match that was impressive was that uh, with that Mountain Dew black light match, which I thought was going to be lame, ended up being really cool visually. And L.A. Knight, I thought, really, you know, stepped, really stepped it up. It was great. Um, but it is always kind of weird where uh, Bray Wyatt's kind of got the Undertaker-ish stuff going on. It is kind of it is weird, but it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Yeah, but it, Bray Wyatt. You, you can only take so much. Like with the, it's almost like black magic type stuff and voodoo, and uh, it's bad enough when when Undertaker is doing it. But out of Bray Wyatt, it just feels like, okay, dude, really, and enough. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know uh, what happened either. He was supposed to work Bobby Lashley. That uh, obviously is not going to happen because now Lashley is doing the 
the Royal, uh, not the Royal, the Battle Royal, the uh, that they're having on SmackDown Friday night. So, uh, you know, whatever was going to happen with uh, with Brock, Brock said hell no. Then they were going to move him to to Lashley, and apparently that's not happening either. See, I don't, I don't know. It's Bray Wyatt. That's that's all you can say. You just throw your shoulders up and go. It's Bray Wyatt. It, it could be anything with him. Uh, so as far as the rest of the card, um, I, I get this sort of. Uh, we're going back to uh, Jim Crockett Promotions again uh, when I talk about this. But with the whole the whole bloodline thing, you got the Usos with the tag titles and Roman Reigns with the Universal title going in, and both titles feel like they're in real jeopardy and real peril. And they've both been they're both been built up as champions for so long. They're pushing. The Usos is the longest reigning tag champions of all time. I, I, I've had to look that up and double check that, but they got them against uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I, I'm getting a four horsemen vibe from from that, where the champs got the belts, they go in to the big show, to the big pay per view, and it seems like there, there's there's some real drama there. There's actual a chance that they're going to lose those belts that there's a chance that Roman's going to lose his belt. And like everything feels like it could just collapse it, it, you know, in one night all at the same time. Um, And back when Ric Flair had his pay-per-view title matches, he had with his, his comrades, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, they'd be defending the tag titles. And there's, there are a couple of shows where uh, Anderson and Blanchard lost the tag titles, you know, in the undercard. And it makes you think, oh, oh, maybe it's all going down tonight. Maybe Flair's going to lose in the main event. Maybe the horsemen go all the way down. Maybe this is the night everything falls for good. Um, maybe I've watched wrestling too long to, to feel that. But it, it's, I don't know. It feels like uh, something big could be happening as far as taking the titles away from those guys and making uh, WrestleMania a really, really huge deal in a big show. Or it could all be a swerve and, and Kevin Owens could turn on Sami Zayn and, and have that feud start all over again. I don't know. That's a tough one. Cause we seen. I mean, it's like, it's like trying to watch another John Cena, Randy Orton match. I'm done. Um, <laughs> those two have been at it for decades. And um, I don't know where that one's going to, I don't know where that match is going to go because I'd be, I, that's another match. I would think I'd be happy either way. Yeah. But, but I just say that because, after all the, these months of Sami Zayn's going with the bloodline and, and, and he's feeling oozy and Owens was, was trying to warn him all this time and uh, and Sami Zayn blew him off and then it turned out uh, Sami Zayn wanted to to protect Kevin Owens and, and you know felt bad for his friend uh, and Kevin you know stretched it out to, to like he wasn't going to forgive him and he and this was just going to keep going on and on where. Uh, Sammy was trying to recruit Kevin Owens and say, hey, you can't beat him alone. You need my help, and I need your help. Um, and maybe at WrestleMania, the big reunion was going to happen, but they decided to do the big reunion last Friday on SmackDown, which I, I had to admit shocked me because I thought they were going to stretch that out uh, to WrestleMania. So doesn't that kind of make it seem like, well, maybe Kevin's just setting him up and getting his trust so that he can go in there at the at the tag match and the tag title match and, and turn back on Sammy and say, hey, man, I was trying to warn you, but you didn't listen, so now I'm going to show you, you know, I'm, I'm going to beat some sense into you or something like that. Uh, again, maybe I've been watching too long, but it, it, the, the, the forgiveness from Kevin Owens just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, huh, really? Oh, okay. That wouldn't be a Kevin Owens move. I mean, 
it'd be almost mm-hmm. disappointing if he didn't do it because that's what he, he's known for. <laughs> if uh, you know, and, and actually do it where Sami Zayn is about to pick up the victory to have right. Kevin Owens turn on him, then you know that would be that would be pretty impressive. That would that would be pretty impressive. And again, with the the long range sort of booking, and and you know, again, I agree with you that another Kevin Owens Sami Zayn feud uh, wouldn't exactly be. Uh, overly exciting, but with the sort of emotion uh, of how big Sami Zayn got over in the past year and the, how big the reunion was, the, the arena popped big for, for when they finally hugged. Um, it would be a, you know, a heartbreaking turn and it, w- it would really get the uh, the emotions out of the fans if he did turn on them. And so the feud would have some, some juice. It would be a different sort of look at that, at that feud again. Um, if it did happen, Um uh, other matches on the card, um, low-key, really interesting match to me. Uh, they, they don't have too many of these uh, 50-year-old guys coming out of the woodwork, but they do have ones. Uh, that they, they have Edge coming back um, against Finn Balor in Hell in a Cell. And I, I think it's interesting having Edge call out the demon. I think that puts a, a swerve into it that I wasn't expecting. I didn't think about uh, Finn Balor doing the demon thing because he's a, a heel right now. And the demon is usually something he's been pulling out when he was a, a baby face and giving that extra that extra oomph to, to the big matches uh, for the big interest and, and all that stuff. But now Edge calling out the, the demon version of, of Valor. Who, and I I believe the demon version is still undefeated, correct? That, that sounds right. Um, so I was thinking this was going to be Hell in a Cell Edge going over Finn Balor and, and sort of one of his last big matches and big things to do before he finally hangs it up for good. But now calling out the demon that could really shoot Finn Balor pretty high uh, after WrestleMania. If he comes out as a demon and, and has a great hell in a cell match with edge and, and puts edge down once and for all, and maybe retires him, they could maybe, you know, set him up as the guy that, that ended edge permanently for good. Um, and that could be a big deal. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to that more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, with Edge, I just don't see where they're going to go long-term with him. So it wouldn't make sense for him to, to win. But you, you just never never know. I know the other there's another one I never thought I'd be excited about, but the Royal Rumble got me excited with Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Watching <laughs> them both on opposite ends of the ring, top rope, leap at each other for a clothesline, and Logan Paul pull that off flawlessly i'm like could you imagine the high spots they are getting ready to do i'm pretty excited about that match too now yeah yeah much as i want to slam those uh the celebrity the celebrity matches what they've been doing is they've been picking guys who really want to go hard in these celeb matches and want to do well Uh, i think about that match that bad bunny had he was excellent uh logan paul's been really good uh, in the matches that they give, they gave him, they gave him a title shot against Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia. Um, and, yeah, he's going to look like a superstar against Seth Rollins because Seth is going to make sure of it. And Logan wants to do well as well. He wants to go hard and he wants to look like the, he wants to look the part. He wants to be the superstar and he's got the athleticism to pull off those high spots. Uh, he's been much better than I would have thought. Uh, but yeah, it's kudos to WWE for, uh, they, they still had the Johnny Knoxville thing a couple of years ago, which uh, 
But for the most part, with these celebrities, they've been going with guys who actually want to get in there and work hard and, and get it done. So uh, definitely kudos to, to Logan Paul for, for everything that he's been doing. Well, Sami Zayn deserves a win now because the thought of him being forced to take a mouse trap <laughs> pinfall that actually wasn't – it was botched on top of that. Uh, he, they, he, he, yeah, he deserves this – this last year in general, I mean, I don't know if you saw the um, – Survivor Series main event um, that was the old school um, gosh what's the name of that kind of match they do with the two rings and the cage over the whole thing oh yeah they did, they did the war games yep. they did war games Sami Zayn stole that damn show and yeah. uh, the storyline at the end with him was fantastic um, and he carried the year to where I, you know win or lose I just want him to come out of, come out of Wrestlemania uh, to another level, whatever that's going to involve. I, I agree. He's put in some, some great work, and they've done a great job of, of using his uh, ability to get things over, uh, not just in the ring, but, but like with the emotion and with the uh, facial expressions and all the promos and all the work with, with Paul Heyman. Uh, they, they had to fill up a whole half hour to open one of those Monday Night Raws because – I forget what happened that whatever they were originally planning didn't work out or didn't go well. So they had that fake trial in the ring when Paul Heyman was first accusing Sami Zayn of not being on the up and up. And that could have really gone, you know, to, to hell and bored everybody, but they carried it for 20, 25, 30 minutes uh, of a fake trial uh, to fill up some time. And that was, I think a really big example of how valuable uh, Sami Zayn and Paul uh, have been uh, over this past year. Like they've had the chance to really do some things that, again, I think they wouldn't have had a chance under Vince McMahon to do things quite the way that they've been doing them. I, I agree. They had the, it also gave a chance to give a quick synopsis for people that aren't watching regularly to have what's going on with that story. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been. I know we uh, haven't talked about the uh, the women's matches. I know um, both of them have the potential to to steal the show again. I, I, I agree. Um, Bianca Belair is sort of in that imperial phase where she's going over everyone. She's uh, this the skyrocket is is strapped to her, and she's uh, going as high as she can possibly go. She's a celebrity. She's appearing on talk shows. She's uh, basically about as positive a presence as WWE can present right now. She is um, almost the, the female John Cena, the way she's just been going everywhere and being pushed as, as, uh, as the greatest thing since, since white milk. Um, but yeah, you Oscar know, knocking her off would not be a complete shock uh, because Oscar is Oscar um, and they should have a show stealer. I, I, I agree with that. Um the odds for that, let's see. Uh, I think that's really close. Yeah, Asuka is, is as slight a favorite as you can get. She's minus 130 and Bianca's minus 110, so that can kind of go either way. Um, what I will say is Asuka is so strong to me, especially with his new incarnation. She's got a little more, a uh, little different face paint, um, using the, the, the mist a little more, the blue mist. Um for, for Bianca to, to steamroll over her and win clean, 
I can see it, but I don't anticipate it. So this might be the spot for, again, I've been watching wrestling too long. Maybe this is a spot for Bianca to uh, win and, and go over using some sort of tactic, uh, the, maybe a slight heel turn for her to do something extra aggressive to, to have to climb the mountain and get over Asuka. Uh, maybe before she gets stale, maybe they want to turn Bianca now and, and have her uh, go over Asuka. That I, I, that I can see that, but I can also see them uh, just putting Asuka over clean and, and sort of rewarding her for, for all the work that she's been doing. Well, Bianca, if you go back to the other WrestleMania with Sasha Banks, she technically was dirty play where she used her hair as a whip. On, on she's done Oof. it before. Well, I remember that. She and, left a mark, too. Oof. Yeah. I was trying to figure that one out. I was like, you know, there. I think there was a sound effect involved. but like I don't wow, think that was a that sound was, effect. That was, <laughs> pretty, that was pretty, actually that's her pretty hair. brutal. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting. Or, you know, if Asuka beat her and then cut her hair, that'd be pretty, oof. That'd oh, that be, would be vicious. I thought they were going to do something like that with Becky Lynch because – there was a promo I remember where Bianca was referencing her hair and like, you're jealous of me. You're jealous of the hair. You're jealous because I have strength that you don't have or something like that. So I thought they were going to actually going to do that with, with Becky Lynch, but uh, maybe Oscar will do it. Who knows? Yeah. Bianca Belair. I mean, just uh, her, her body type and everything. I don't think it's possible to blow her up in the ring. I just, it, she's has so impressed me over the last few years. And I did watch her a little bit in NXT. Uh, always just I'm so happy to see what she's achieved since she was in. I think she won the Royal Rumble. She already won a WrestleMania. This is another one for her. Um, you know, I was a little let down with the uh with 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 how she lost the lost the title real clean real quick on, on Becky Lynch's return. Yeah. But um uh, you know I'd like to I'd like to see her I'm just so happy and I, I didn't realize she had a condition um called imposter syndrome. And uh, I was reading about that, and it's a legitimate thing of uh, not feeling you are worthy of, you almost can sabotage yourself, and how um, not feeling you're worthy of of the things you've achieved. And uh, that must be terrible when you're that good, especially. Mm. But I Um, bet you it keeps you humble. You're humble at all times. Right. Uh, It's definitely a thing, because I have it. (laughs) I can definitely tell you uh, that that's a, that's a real thing. You know who else has it? Um, Cody Rhodes' wife has it because uh, I remember seeing uh, an interview with her um, uh, where she talked about she used to be a figure skater growing up. Um, and she, like, would get so upset when she would lose that she started – like sabotaging herself on purpose. Like she would, before big events, she would basically say, okay, how are you going to lose this time? Because you always lose. Um, so yeah, it's a thing where it gets in your head and you basically defeat yourself before you even get a chance. Um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's definitely a thing, but believe me, I'm, I'm well aware of it. Mm. Uh, well, I think it's been, especially with putting Bianca out there publicly, bringing that up really humanizes her and whatnot. And, I think it's great that she's brave enough to to talk about that, um, you know, uh, and 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 being able to have, you know have been dealing with it head on uh, her whole career, but it just kind of builds another layer of wanting to get behind her and to see her succeed. So we'll just see what they're going to do with it. But um, yeah, and then I know John Cena and Austin Theory. I mean, Austin Theory needs to he needs to get a it'd be nice to get a win over a legend. I don't know what they're going to do, though. 
I, I'm pretty sure they're going to put him put put him over John Cena. It's, it's, it's a good spot for Cena to drop in and, and give the rub to Austin Theory. Uh, you know, the veteran comes back and, uh, and and gives it to the young kid. Yeah, I don't I don't imagine there's there's going to be anything other than Austin Theory goes over and, and keeps the title. Um, and, and Theory's passed all the tests so far. I think he's uh, he's going to be the next one to have the rocket ship sort of strapped to him and and go as far as they can possibly push him. So it's good to see them because uh, he was looking like a goof for a while too. And then Vince McMahon steps down and oh look, he's looking a lot stronger and and he gets his first name back because they had taken the, the first name away. He was just Theory for a while, which is so stupid. Um, yes, they did that so, to yeah. a lot of guys for a while there. Uh, yeah, you know, last yeah. last year he had this. He had the one of the best, probably the top three Stone Cold Stunner cells I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, uh, I called that I one the running man when he got hit with it. His legs were still going <laughs> in the air. Uh, I, I still love the rocks one where he basically bounces all the way off the ropes and after he gets hit with the stunner and, and bounces back. Um, yeah, and I still Scott Hall's at WrestleMania was still one of the where he had to do two of them. That was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned the two women's matches. The other one, of course, uh, Charlotte Flair and, and Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown title. Uh, and Rhea Ripley looks ready to take down Charlotte to, to reign as the SmackDown champ. She's becoming a major star uh, on her own. And her airport run-ins show that she's becoming a major star. Have you seen those clips, uh, Jerry, of, of Rhea Ripley's uh, airport situations where she keeps yes. – uh, <laughs> keeps getting stopped by rabid adult fans trying to get her autograph. And it's like, guys, literally, she's trying to leave the airport and find her Uber and get the hell out of there. Let her go. Like, geez. It's, it's, it's Another scary. person I'm happy for, though, she has a unique look. Yeah. She came in looking like a the classic blonde, just, you know, muscular. And, you know, she's changed up her look. I don't know how long she'll keep the gimmick of the goth. I could care less. I think she's fantastic. And that look is what got me to notice her, and that was mm-hmm. the point. Um, you know, and I'm going to throw out – this is going to be my long shot. But wouldn't it be interesting if Dominic screwed over Rhea in that match and ended up hooking up with Charlotte? <laughs> wow, now there's a swerve. That, that, <laughs> that would be, be a the... Russo-like swerve, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that would really uh, be, be something. Uh, Rhea is the big favorite uh, to win uh, the SmackDown title. She's minus 1,000, and Charlotte is plus 500. So that would be a, a huge upset. Now, WWE pulls some huge upsets sometimes at WrestleMania just for these for this reason, just so it's not every major favorite just an easy bet. Uh, they Eventually, uh, every now and then, they'll throw in some sort of major surprise or major upset. So uh, that, that might be on the board for that. Um, well, Sammy Zayn and Kevin a rock star. So even if she lost, yeah, she's going to come yeah, out there looking like a million. She don't need a title. She really don't need a right. title. Right. She's she, a million she can dollars. Take the loss. Um, you know, and then part of me starts saying, do we want to start looking at intergender matches? I mean, in the China era, they didn't they didn't look good, and the thought no. of it over the you know, but like looking at some of these these ladies now, some of them, I'm, I'm uh, there's two calibers. There's some that still look like the divas era. Right, and then you have some of these other ones where they're pulling up high caliber matches, and um, yeah, it's it it is pretty amazing to watch. And um, I thought I heard is that the Charlotte Flair match is going to be is going to main event night one. I don't know if that's hmm. 
Um, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen that, but uh, I, I don't anticipate intergender in WWE anytime. So I still think they're squeamish on that just because being a you know major corporation with sponsors and whatnot, they don't want to have guys you know punch, punching women. They don't want anything that looks anything remotely like that. But I absolutely agree, Jerry. There's been plenty of excellent intergender matches on the indie scene. I've seen some of them. Uh, you can find them, uh, some clips uh, on YouTube and whatnot if you look. Um, you know, Billy Starks and people like that have, having great matches with guys. Um, it's not it's not a, a major shock anymore to see uh, a great woman versus man match. It happens all the time. Um, WWE, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon, but, uh, but they, well, there would be some bangers. That are in the, yeah, all four yeah. women that are going to be in the championship matches are the caliber that could that could look good in uh, going up against the majority the majority of the guys that yep, they can I, I agree. themselves and it, it is amazing to see um, how it's evolved. Yep, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Jay, any uh, any other thoughts uh, that we've been hitting on as we've going down the card? Just this thought. I don't know if we talked about. I think it might have come up last year, but because I, I believe it happened at least once in the past where they've, they're doing this two night WrestleMania now. Yep. Is, do you like that? I do. Um, so back when I was, you know, in fourth and fifth grade, sixth grade and, and fantasy booking and making my, and you remember that Jay, I'm sitting there, I'm supposed to be working on class. We're, we're all working yeah. on class work and, and I'm sitting there writing out these fantasy wrestling cards with, yeah. You as the as the national champion and me as the continental champion and uh, Parrish as the universal champion. I, f- I forget uh, who's the world champion. Or having John. your or having your, uh, your your social studies book though. I believe uh-huh. was the undisputed uh, book wrestling champion. Yes, uh, the math book kept uh, fighting and, and put up, putting up a fight, but the social studies was just so heavy. It, it, you couldn't overcome it. It was like it was like King Kong Bunny. You just couldn't beat it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I have a long sickness with wrestling, uh, Jerry, as you can as you can imagine. Uh, when I, I was totally fantasy, understand. <laughs> when I was fantasy booking, my big uh, end of year show was two nights. I don't remember where I came up with that thought, but I've, I've been doing that since 1987. Uh, this is not new. I was making that uh, because I had so many guys. I was you know I was had WWF guys, I had NWA guys, I had. Uh, world-class guys, everybody was in my league, and there was just so many guys, I just said, hell with it. My my big interview show is going to be two nights. It's going to be, uh, you know, Atlanta on Saturday and, and maybe Charlotte on Sunday or maybe the same building back-to-back. But I had my big show as, as two nights in a row because I thought that would make it sort of like a super festival type of weekend, uh, almost a forerunner to, to some of these con fests and whatnot. Um, I, I could have made a lot of money off of some of these ideas if I, if I didn't have imposter syndrome, if I wasn't afraid of uh, being thought of as an idiot. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like the two night thing because it gives it, uh, that much bigger of a feel. You have to fill the two nights with quality. That's the big key. You can have two nights. Uh, the reason, remember the reason they started doing that is because they were having these bloated, uh, shows that were going six, seven hours when you talk about the, the pre-show and the pre-free show and then the actual show started. they were It was so much garbage uh, that they were filling up this time with uh, that they just said, hell with it. Let's just split it up into two nights and make it you know three hours each night or four hours 
each night instead of this big, long, bloated show that everybody's falling asleep at the end of it. Uh, so you can make it two nights, no problem, with all the talent that they have. There's got to be quality two nights. It can't be, you know, uh, the, the Fiend, uh, you know, versus Alexa Bliss or something, whatever they did last year, the year before, that was just, you know, everybody shit on. I think, uh, the, like, the Fiend beat Randy Orton because Alexa Bliss turned on him or, or spit black stuff at him. I don't, I don't even remember what it was. It was like, what yeah, is this that, garbage? Oh, that match reminded me back when I was involved in the JCs and we used to do haunted houses. You'd always have to <laughs> make up all the rooms, and there'd be one room you'd say, oh, my God, this room is going to be amazing. And it ended up being the turd room of the night. So when they talked up that, uh, when they talked up the, the Randy Orton and and the Fiend match, I'm like, and then they're gonna start the show with them. Ooh, they're gonna do something huge. And that jacket the box comes out. I'm like, oh my god. And then it was over. Like, did this, did something go wrong? Because like, what the hell just happened? It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was so reminiscent of of the rooms in the haunted house that. All of a sudden, it's like uh, like 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 you're polishing a turd. Like no matter what you did, it just didn't work out. It was terrible. Uh, it's almost like Dusty's Halloween Havoc finish with Abdullah the Butcher in the electric chair. It's like, oh. well, we're just gonna have to get over that one. <laughs> I love that finish because it was so bad. It was so bad. It was good. Uh, they, oh my god, <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher plopped into the electric chair and then Cactus Jack flips the switch because he thinks that the... Uh, well, the he had to the, unflip it because the switch, the switch accidentally flipped. <laughs> so he had to flip it back up for the camera. <laughs> Didn't they do something? I, I, I vaguely remember them doing something during COVID where because they couldn't have the fans and they ended up doing like almost like a cinematic movie match. Yeah, Undertaker's last match wound up being like one of those matches with AJ Styles. Yeah, like a like a movie, and, and, and yeah. that's the way that it was produced. Uh, but that's not wrestling. No, that's that's. COVID, I call it COVID mania was terrible. <laughs> yes, uh, it was. You know, when the biggest fan was the large circulating fan in the uh, <laughs> in, in the training center, uh, the only fan. couldn't unsee it. And then the Bray Wyatt John Cena thing was just ridiculous. And I mean, it was like a, like a, almost like a funhouse kind of a feel to it, and I was like get me out of here. This is terrible. And uh, it was really hard to watch that WrestleMania. I mean, I feel bad for like um, the Brock Lesnar match and everything. Cause it was like, man, you got to carry this thing without like a real crowd. Those are some rough yeah. times. Those are some rough yeah. times. Very, the bingo very rough times. don't time. seem bad all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of the last indie show that I went to in Chicago, which was in a warehouse, literally in front of like 30 people. Like you could, you could see the mouse hole in the corner. That's how shitty this place was. Um, it reminded me of, of having a card in there. Um, but yeah, the two. Oh, it thing, sounds like the International Amphitheater. I've heard so many stories about there. Oh, I wish Oof. I would have went there. I, n- I never got Man, to see a card. I saw, there. I saw a wrestling card there when because I, I had a buddy, you know, who wrestled when I was. Uh, yeah. In high school, uh, when I was working. Yeah. And told me about and it. And it was was a WCCW, yeah, Windy City Pro, Windy City Championship Wrestling. And I remember going to a, a card. One one of them was in Dalton, which was oh my a, god, a, that was a dump. Yeah. Um, I mean that was in, it was basically just a ring on 
a flat floor with no stands pretty much. You just everybody just stood around and watched it. And these guys give them credit. They all they busted their asses. They they tried to put on a good show and it was it was fun, but the venue was a, a, a joke. And yeah. but the international amphitheater where it was the the ring set up in the middle and it was you're walking on hay because they must have just had like a circus or something there or a horse or something. So you're walking around the place smells like shit, you know? Yeah, of course. Literally. <laughs> and, and you're walking on hay in, in your in the down. Oh yeah. And it just had that farm smell. Like this is, this was in Chicago. I remember, yeah, but, uh, I remember promoting a show at a high school here in, uh, in Wausau years ago and, I even had Honky Tonk in the main event, Honky Tonk Man in the main event. And uh, we had good lighting. We had everything, sound, and 130 tickets spread out over a high school gym did not look very good. And it was like, <laughs> damn, it's like $10 tickets, for God's sake. <laughs> Wayne will go anywhere as long as you pay him. He doesn't care. I uh, found that out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you probably got some stories that you you can share, and some you probably can never share uh, about dealing with that guy. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, it's curious that even after the drama with uh, Naomi and Sasha Banks over the women's tag title, they still aren't going to have the tag titles defended. They're going to have a six man uh, trios match, a six woman match uh, to get damage control against Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus and Lita. Yeah, I I'm happy. I'm actually happy to see. Uh, Lita and Trish Stratus back. I don't know how well Trish can work anymore. She was never that great to begin with. Lita can still go because she's Lita. Um, giving them the tag titles, uh, Lita and, and Becky Lynch, that was a surprise, but it was a pleasant surprise. I'm, I'm, I was glad to see them uh, sort of you know, get the belts off of uh, damage control just to sort of start the process of that breakup. I'm sure that's coming uh, in the next year. Um but yeah, they're just kind of getting them on the show. But they could have they could have a tag title rematch. I, I thought that was sort of the natural uh, way that that was going to go was to have Damage Control uh, get a rematch and, and either get the titles back and start another year of that, or lose the rematch and start to break up uh, with with them and, and Bailey. Um, but maybe they'll start to break hey. up here with the with the trios match. Now you might call me petty for saying this, but I still have never gotten over Lita cheating on Matt Hardy. Just never forgave her oh. for it. Screw her. Screw her. Screw her. <laughs> oh, man. That's going back. That That is really going back. Um, I mean, you know, Edge was just as, as culpable, and and he was the one that was married at the time, so it's even worse that he was uh, was, was involved with that. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, – you got to kind of let that one go. That's, that's ancient history. I'm, I'm sure she still gets it. I'm sure people still bring it up to her, but that, that was a long time ago. That's That's – 20, 20 years ago, I believe. So uh, they, oh, they, they've all moved. Sound like now, now I feel old. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I know it was twenty years ago because it was. Uh, but to me, it was yesterday. It's still real. <laughs> I know. <to> me. It's, <laughs> you beat me to it. I was going to do that. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> I, I know it was twenty years ago. It was two thousand three that uh, Matt Hardy came into Ring of Honor, uh, and I went out to that show in Chicago Heights to see him. Uh, and he and he did the job to to Roderick Strong, uh, which shows how old Roderick Strong is. But uh, that was hot. Matt Hardy was absolutely on fire uh, on the Indies because of that whole situation. And 
boy, when his music hit and he came out, that's I don't know if CM Punk got a louder pop in Ring of Honor than than Matt Hardy did when he came out that night uh, in Chicago Heights. Uh, so I, I definitely remember that whole situation. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a while ago. It, it, it is it has been yeah. some time. Now, um, just to touch base real quick on the Hall of Fame, they are yep. definitely running to the bottom of the barrel. Like, <laughs> yes, well, they are. Mysterio, and who else is alive that we can bring in? Yeah, that's exactly it. My uncle, my uncle was asking me about. Um, I forget exactly who he was asking me about or, or why they were inducting, but I basically told him, look, they, they don't want to induct the dead guys. They, they don't want to put the attention on the, on the dead guys that they haven't inducted because we know why most of them died. You know, you're 30 years old and in great shape and you drop dead of a heart attack. We all know what that is. That's that steroids. So they don't want to put the, uh, the emphasis on that. So they just, they're just trying to induct all the live people that they can find. Well, they still, they're they, running... still found, they still put Andy Kaufman. So maybe he's still alive. <laughs> but he didn't die of steroids, so it's okay. He, he, he had cancer, so he's, he's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, this Hall was, of uh, Fame is so light, not even Benoit can save it. They're screwed. It's just, oh! <laughs> too soon? The, the man who shall not be named. Ouch. Uh, yeah, still too Hey, hey! Yeah, my uncle texted me. Uh, he said, refresh my memory. Before Ray, has there ever been someone on the active weekly roster who was inducted into the, the WWE Hall? And I said, yeah, yeah, right before the the whole Shawn Michaels I Love You match. Uh, But my first uh, response was, I don't think there's anyone uh, before that, uh, but they're doing it because they're running out of alive people. Uh, And that's basically what's happening. They can't induct a lot of the dead guys because it would bring too much stigma. And they can't induct China because she was a porn star. So (sighs) So that's where we're at now. Adult film actress. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> sex worker. I, I have to be uh, politically correct there. Um, have, you, have you been watching those uh, A&E biographies, speaking of China? Because they, they did one on her, and it was uh, it was very depressing, uh, which, of course, is You know, the Dark be. Side of the Ring got kind of hard to watch, where um, some of the guys who are getting interviewed, like Jim Ross and whatnot, are coming out saying, like, how things, you know, just like anything, um, Things can get twisted uh, and tell the story how they want to tell it. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't watched the new season that's that that's dropped. Um, you know, um, the, the Benoit one was really interesting, and it's hard to watch because his son is like a spitting image of him. Um, yeah. that one was tough, but at the same time, it did show like you know, hey, like there was something going on with Benoit. Uh, physically or with his brain and whatnot. And um, it, it's sad. It's sad, especially when like innocent children were killed over. It was terrible. Um, right. But I don't, I don't think that was, you know, the, the, the one on Mula, uh, I know I heard a lot of rumors about her, but I thought that was really well done to like, kind of, you know, of course you're interviewing people where you got to take it like with a grain of salt, like some of these people might be bitter. Why didn't they come up with this stuff a long time ago? Um, and, you know, especially waiting till they were going to name one of the battle Royals after her. And then all of a sudden everything started. Um, so I don't know, but I can't remember the one. There was a specific one that uh, really upset uh, a lot of the guys behind the scenes that were part of the, sh- part of the show. Um, hmm. when things got taken completely out of context. It's ugh, I'll remember by next year's uh, podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, you might be talking about the plane ride from hell one, because yeah. that one actually, 
Yeah, that that got Tommy Dreamer fired for a while. From he, he got canceled from Impact for a couple of years because of his comments in, in that particular show. And he wasn't even on the plane ride from hell. He was just offering his opinion about it. Um, and and but one. it's a bad opinion when you say it's not it's not sexual harassment when Ric Flair takes out his thing and twirls it around at the stewardess. Like, yeah, that is harassment, pal. If he did that to Beulah, you would say that's harassment. So come on. Yeah, and that hurt Ric Flair for a while, too. And, of course, Ric Flair right. was a little bitter about it and whatnot, but it's like, dude, it was what it – I mean, you can, you're can you laughing about it in a locker room setting, but, like, that that show is out there now. And, uh, you know, it. and when they told the story, I can't remember if it was this one or another one where they, were, they did an animated version of what went down. It's like, damn, yeah, yeah. you just put it yeah, out that there. Was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the one. Uh, and not only laughing about it, but then in in, in his in his own bio, biographies, I, w- I watched the ESPN one, and, and there was a there's a new uh, WWE one on Flair, where he goes back and forth between I didn't do those things that they said that I did, and I was blackout drunk sometimes, so I don't remember what I did. Like, dude, one or the other, pick a lane. Either you remember and you didn't do it, or you don't remember. You can't you can't have both. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, but that's getting into the. Getting into the Ric Flair story, which is a really uh, crazy story uh, by itself. I, I can't believe he's still alive. Just speaking of, of Flair, he's that that is. Uh, you think about all the great wrestlers that have died over the years, and that guy, the way he uh, abused himself and the things that he did, that he's still going. He's it's unbelievable. But that, that's Ric Flair for you. He he survived that big health scare from a few years ago, and he's actually inducting the Great Muda uh, and. What I had heard was uh, WWE told him basically to make sure he's going to tone it down because uh, he can get a little he can get a little wild. Depends on which Rick, Rick Flair shows up. Because uh, the other thing is when you're inducting somebody, it's not about you; it's about them. I'll think of who you're talking to, though. You're telling that guy to tone it down. That guy. Come on. Well, to me, you're just goading him into doing the opposite. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, you're, you're giving him a live microphone. Uh, Jason is the same thing as uh, at the NFL draft last year where they gave a live microphone to Ice Cube, and they got rewarded by Ice Cube being so loud he blew out the microphone level. Like, this is what you get when you give a live microphone to these guys. Yeah, I'm, I don't remember that one. Maybe I was – was that on a different broadcast or – it may have been uh, the one that I was watching. It may not have come up on the one that you were watching. Okay. Because we were watching different channels. Right. You know, last year, I will admit, it was the first time I ever watched the NFL draft. Oh. And you, uh, I, was at the, I remember I was at the lower level of the Elks Lodge, and I got, I got coaxed into staying, and I'm like, I'll watch this damn thing. And I'll have to admit, it wasn't bad. They, they try hard, don't they? They well, try they, to they put a spectacle on. It now, I mean, I remember getting up on a – on a Saturday morning at uh, starting at nine o'clock and that thing would go for what, seven rounds and that thing wouldn't end until 10, 11 PM. Yeah, it was seven, eight, nine hours, something like that. Yeah. Just yeah. Straight through. And that, and that was before they condensed it down to seven rounds. Uh, right. I remember when that thing used to go 11, 12 rounds and they do a, they do a good job uh, on the NFL draft. Now it, it, it is a production. Uh, they 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 tightened it up. They don't uh, they don't telegraph the picks anymore, which they were getting a lot of grief for. We've <laughs> talked about a lot on this show, um, and uh, yeah, I, I actually it's one of the one of our happier times, 
from us being a football focused uh, podcast that, you know, it's our one little Island of football in the middle of the off season and uh, sort of like, you know, just kind of cleanses the palate for next year. Cause it's a TV show. It's, it's that you get the guys with, with their uh, neon suits and, and uh, things uh, on the inside of their suits that, that some, sometimes are good for TV. And sometimes you're like, uh, I don't know if yeah. you really want to show that dude. We get mileage off that stuff. We got our boy red stripe last year. That's <laughs> right. You're your guy. You know, what I was <laughs> impressed with was the production value of it was very reminiscent of borrowing from Vince McMahon and, it, mm-hmm. it was felt like it was oh, yeah. a big thing, and then and the stories and everybody's opinion of who they're gonna take, and then the visuals that went along with it, and then the big <laughs> moment. And I would, even though I'm not a Chicago Bear fan, I am actually interested to see what they're going to do now. Um, I know they gave up the number one pick, I believe, and yep. just to see what where, where they're going to go with the organization, with what they're what they what they traded away, and what their plan is. And um, you know, Detroit is, you know. We could, you know, I'm always a Packer fan, but if we could see it where um, if all four teams were dangerous, that would be kind of exciting, actually, I have to admit. That would also be brand new. I don't know if we've ever had the, been a uh, while. That, that division where all four teams are actually decent. Ooh, that's, that's been yeah, a long I'm, time. I'm starting to step off the bandwagon for Green Bay a little bit because I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know how next year's going to go. We just, we just more sure. the team is kind of going to rebuild, I think, but. Uh, there Jordan are Love. Like. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Woo. Uh, yeah, we got a little little football in our in our wrestling podcast there. Um, so uh, looking down the uh, the odds real quick again. Um, I don't know if there's anything that jumped out that would be like, oh, maybe you want to look at that that underdog there. Um, but we, I think we both like Austin Theory to go over John Cena to open the show. Uh, Theory's minus four hundred. Um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are minus 4,000 to knock off the Usos. I think that's ridiculous. I, that's just, there's no way in hell you can get me to put 4,000 to win a hundred on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens winning that match. They could easily have the Usos go over and it wouldn't hurt Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yeah. That's just no way in hell I would do that. No, no, I, I I would avoid that with it. I don't know anything about what this is, what you're talking about, but (laughs) when it's that big of a number in a scripted event, uh-huh. That that sounds that sounds like bet bet that underdog. <laughs> There's no favorite I would take in a non-scripted event minus four thousand. That's just stupid. That, that's don't do that, please. Uh, Rhea Ripley is minus one thousand to go over Charlotte. <laughs> You're gonna be like uh, that guy who bet the 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 million dollars mid mid game when the oh. <laughs> Vikings were losing thirty three to nothing. <laughs> And law and would have won a hundred. Yeah, if did they would have won. That, did we give that guy an award? <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, I know I gave him a award. But I mean, we forgot him on on honors and dishonors. That that was a disservice if we forgot that guy. I think you remember. I think you, you. Yeah, I think you 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 did uh, hook him up. Um, and something similar because I was watching on Twitter uh, when the uh, when the Chargers were. Uh, <laughs> Beating the hell out Sorry. of the the Jaguars in the in the in the wild card oh, yeah. game, and the Jaguars came. But somebody put like you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars to win you know fifty or oh, <laughs> something ridiculous like that, and wound up losing. It's like you that's what you get. You got 
that much money that you can throw away trying to win a hundred, you can throw away five hundred thousand. You deserve to lose that because that's just dumb. Uh, so yeah, I, I would never do something like that. Uh, let's see. I talked about Oscar and Bianca. They're basically even. Um, the three-way intercontinental championship match, uh, which we didn't really talk about, but there's not much to say. That's going to be a banger. That's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be fun as hell to watch, uh, Gunther or Walter. I still call him Walter because there's just no, there's no reason for them to change his name to Gunther. Walter was just fine. Uh, but Gunther, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, uh, having a three-way for the intercontinental title, uh, Gunther plus 100, Sheamus plus 120, and Drew McIntyre, shockingly, is actually the underdog there at plus 300. I, I don't know, but it's, that's basically sort of even with, between those three. So uh, how, how do, you, do you see a result uh, coming from that? Or you just, that's another one, Jerry, you just say, I, I just want to watch and, and, and enjoy it no matter who comes out. On I, I want to see Gunther take Honky Tonk Man's reign, and that would build, that would actually <laughs> make the Intercontinental Championship mean something again. Right. And watching him stand there with his with his build, with that title around his waist. You don't see a lot of guys wearing the title like that. Uh and to see him take the record to where it could would catapult him. Not many guys win that title and do anything with it anymore. To me it would truly mean something if he beat the record. And now it's like, ooh, now now some people are looking at the intercontinental title like it means something again. I think there's too much at stake to, to maybe build that intercontinental title, how it's viewed. Triple H is very old school. And I, I have a feeling he has, he has a, um, you know, a little bit of a, a man crush on that intercontinental title and what it, what it's history and what it meant to, and he's a good guy to have it around his waist. And uh, usually your hardest working guy. And that's the way it was viewed back in the day. So I would like to see them go that route and see him beat that record. And then um, when he does lose it, it would mean a lot to whoever was getting handed off to. And then that would just catapult him to the next level. That's just my take. Yeah, no, I I agree with all of that. The only small uh, quarrel I have with it is the longer that title stays on Gunther, the uh, longer it would take to get him built up to a uh, world title challenger. Cause I think him versus Roman Reigns would be great. Um, and I, I'd I kind of would rather see him go over Roman uh, than Cody Rhodes, but I understand Cody is the, the hot act and uh, gets to more, gets more reaction. So I, I get it, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Gunther as well. And uh, even to have it where by SummerSlam, I think by SummerSlam, he'll beat it, beat the record. What if it's a title yeah. for title and it's a, uh, champion versus the intercontinental champion and if gunther even loses that you know if gunther wins that match uh they can vacate the intercontinental title and he never really lost it that's a that's a great way to get it off of him um uh that's just an idea but i think he'll have the record sometime this summer if he so it's not that far away yeah uh it'd be, be fun to see i don't think they'll do that but it'll be fun to see uh Becky, Lita, and Trish are slight favorites to win over Damage Control. They're minus 215. I actually think Damage Control will, will win that match and, and sort of get their heat back, even though they won't win the titles back. Uh, Dominic is, of course, the favorite over uh, Ray, minus 140 to Ray plus 100. I think that's fair. I, I think that, I don't think they go through all of this just to have Dominic job to, to his father and, and go back to 
uh, the sling back to mommy. I think uh, Dominic goes over. It's probably cheating. Mommy will probably interfere and help him, but uh, but I think Dominic goes over there. Um, and then the Hell in a Cell, Finn Balor and Edge. That one is is uh, something that I think. I, I was thinking Edge was going to sort of go over and have his big stand and his last uh, hurrah, but now calling out the demon, uh, like I said, I think that's a way to sort of put Finn Balor over and, and get him a, a boost going out of WrestleMania to possibly get back into top contention himself. Um, I agree. You know, when you got to throw Hell in the Cell in there to give it some sex appeal. Oof, yeah. I, well. I, you know, uh, but yeah, to me, it's um, a big high spot potential. It'd be beautiful high spot for for Finn uh, potentially, and uh, I, I I don't know. They're not real big on the blood fest anymore, um, so I don't know what they're gonna what their plans are for that match. Um, but it, it is not a big opportunity for Finn to to kind of okay. You know, even the Judgment Day faction, how Edge, it just seemed like they changed course because how they quickly unseated Edge from it, it seemed awkward with how they did that. And uh, Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. He, he started it, and like three weeks later, he was already being ousted from it. So it was, it was very odd. Um, Seth Rollins is the favorite over Logan Paul, minus 500. Um, even that almost seems a little bit of a sucker bet because they can, they can have Logan Paul sort of go over and, and win that match. And it wouldn't be a, a complete surprise. Uh, I think Seth probably is going to win, but I, I don't think it's a complete slam dunk there. Uh, but I, I, I'm I understand with you. This I, a, I under, I'm going to preface this by saying, I get this as a work, but Seth needs a win. Like <laughs> he needs like a, a big money, a big money match win. Like it's starting to, it'll start to, uh, it'll start to, I think affect him. Uh, you know, he's had some big matches and he's lost them all. I think it's time he, He's this weird tweener where he's, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Do you really care about him? I understand he dresses weird. Is that his gimmick now? And he, he, he could pull out, he could have a great match. I've never questioned that. He was, to me, he was the workhorse of the shield. So yeah. I never questioned him. I mean, his Randy Orton uh, match at WrestleMania in San Francisco, that finish was gorgeous. Uh, it's still a WrestleMania moment that's a modern day WrestleMania moment being used, um, where he got catapulted in the air for the RKO. Um, right. I, he, I just think it's time for him to throw a win his way. I mean, it's not going to hurt. Well, how, tell me how it's going to hurt Logan Paul, who shows up once a year. It won't, uh, not at all. Um, but I, I kind of think Seth is in that sort of spot where he can do anything and, and keep losing and still. Uh, not be hurt too much because even if he, if he lost to Logan Paul, he he would come out the next night on Raw uh, dressed in something goofy with some weird sunglasses, and everybody would sing its song, and he would do his cackle and and. Now you're, you're talking about of, the Miz. Are you talking about the Miz now? Uh, oh, sorry. No, no. Just, <laughs> it, no. What I'm saying is it's very reminiscent yeah. of the Miz, and like I don't know, just you know that. I think the Miz, they threw him a bone. I think he's hosting WrestleMania, which, uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, whatever. Do what you got to do, I guess. It's a payday. I, I don't need to see Miz on my TV. I've been a very uh, long-time uh, opinion of, of that I have no use for the Miz, so he can be the host. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, and he works hard, and, and I understand that. I just don't really care for him. 
Uh, Brock Lesnar, the huge favorite over Omos. I think this is the, if you're going to bet $1,000 to win 100 you should never do that. But if you're going to, I think this is a good bet because they got Omos looking as strong as hell over Brock Lesnar last week and this week. Uh, Jay, you didn't see what actually happened to, for, uh, for Brock Lesnar to not weigh in. Uh, but what happened was he charged the ring and tried to attack Omos, and Omos kind of shoved him off and threw him out of the ring and then picked up the scale while he was in the ring and almost chucked it. Uh, at Brock Lesnar. This is a big-ass, you know, doctor's office scale, too, and he, he picked it up and looked like he was going to throw it on Brock Lesnar's head, and Brock is like almost running away outside the ring. Uh, you don't do that unless you're going to have Brock Lesnar go over uh, at WrestleMania, because you, you're making him look like a complete jackass if you if you have him lose. Well, I just, I don't know how much longer Brock is going to be around, so if he wins and all of a sudden he's gone, now you've beat Omos over for what? And uh, that's what I worry about is, is that Brock's contract's up or he's got the itch to fight some more. I don't know what they're, I mean, if he's going to be around, great. Uh, I just don't, I don't like the Canadian cowboy gimmick. I don't know, whatever's going on I don't there. like it either. It's, it's so weird. I just miss him coming out as a badass, not this kooky good guy-ish <laughs> thing he was doing. It's kind of weird. It's very weird. It's, it, that, that's what happens when you have a bad person trying to act like a good guy. Like Brock is not a really good person, but he's trying to act like it, and it, it, it doesn't yeah, Jay, work. It doesn't work at all. Jay, he literally at a, at a main event brought out a tractor to lift the ring in the air. I'm just that's all. I don't know what else to <laughs> Man, say. He's Ford. He's Ford tough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did they start I think playing it was an Alice Bob Seeger? Yeah, my problem with Lesnar is his is like you. You know, they have all these modern, uh, they have all these modern uh, wrestling video games, you know, they're perfectly suited to these PlayStation 5 controllers and because you need all these different buttons for all these different moves. And Lesnar would need the old Atari 2600 control because it's, <laughs> it's just a joystick. into the corner. It's just a joystick and one button. And one uh, red button. Let's one go. red button. Yeah. That's German the, that's suplex, Lesnar's F5, moveset. shoulder block in the corner. That's all you need. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> oh, and then that's all he's ever needed. Um, so yeah, he's going to go over Omas. I, I, I don't understand the whole point of that. Uh, they they got these uh, four way tag matches now, oh, to sort of get everybody on money the card. On that? Are you going to put money on that? Because then it no. will not happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I am not betting. I have had a really bad streak of betting, and I am <laughs> out. I'm not putting drink tokens on it even. It's nothing, nothing. Um, and they even have a well. They 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 got it on the list here of uh, of, of Vince McMahon to appear during the show. They have a prop for that, but then they don't have odds. I don't know. I don't know. I guess they're gonna have odds, or they or they had odds, but they locked it. I don't know. Um, must be in person on TV. I, I don't know if they're going to go there. I, I know he probably wants to because he, he's been appearing backstage again. The rumor is that he's just back, you know, back there trying to sort of facilitate things behind the scenes, uh, that uh, a sale of WWE is, is imminent. Um, that's, that's what the rumor has said. So uh, as, we, as we wrap up, Jerry, I, I guess I would ask, what do you think the future, the near future is going to look like for WWE? Because uh, it, it, it looks like the change that's been happening over the last year is still sort of 
going on and trying to continue the, that same direction of, of, of Triple H sort of being in charge of everything and, and running things in, in, his, in his vision, in his image? Uh, you, you see that continuing? Well, you know, if you get a buyer, it depends on what the terms are. Um, or are they going to go and get somebody that's going to take it private again? I don't know. Um, I'm surprised, you know, Triple H and Stephanie – don't look at doing how Vince bought the company from his dad. He went, got investors, you know, got things lined up and, and bought the company. Um, you know, it's worth quite a bit more than when he bought it. But um, yep. if they don't do that, then you're at risk of just somebody like NBC or, I don't know, Netflix. Uh, or, I, you know, I would not be surprised if a streaming service bought it for the product. Um, mm-hmm. And the problem is, are you going to have everybody in place still? How is that going to look? Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it just seems like a bad dream to me because we are hitting – my dream was like Vince needs to move on, and it happened, and things are going so well that I, I worry where things could go if there was a buyer and all of a sudden the product changed to where it got very WCW-ish in the end. Uh, well, and, get, and you have mm-hmm. a company that's not interested in you. They get bought by the Saudis. That's the rumor. That, that's that's the other uh, possibility. Is is they're, they're I don't already know. after in bed that with... last? Was it two years ago or three years ago where they were on the plane and they were all mm-hmm. worried for their lives there for a moment? Yeah, you got to be kidding! You got to be kidding me! The fact that these guys are going back there to go through that again—I I don't know. Maybe and maybe that story's overblown and it's not what really happened. But when they're making you sweat it out on the airport and not letting you go. I would you would you couldn't ca- I just can't believe we're still doing shows there if that's what's going down. They came they they they've been going back. They're still going back there yeah. for shows. They're, so obviously they're going for a king, king and queen of the ring are going back there uh-huh. this year. Right. So you can do whatever you want and then scare everybody, but guess what? At the end of the day, <laughs> All that's all that matters. If you, if you got the money, you can do and say whatever, whatever you want. So that that's that's the way it goes, unfortunately. Uh, NXT Saturday uh, at noon before WrestleMania. Um, that that's a weird spot to me. I, I, the two night thing is, like I said, I, I guess I was dreaming that up, uh, you know, when I was a kid. So that's not so strange to me, but. Then you have your minor league show the same day in the afternoon. That that's a little that's a little odd to me. I, but you can't. I guess you can't do it Friday night because of SmackDown. So you, you got to kind of find a way to fit it in at that point. So, uh, any uh, any thoughts or anticipation on uh, on the NXT show? Not. I haven't been following it since it went to 2.0, which I heard they've now gone back. <laughs> I just yeah. haven't given it a chance since they went that route. Um, and I'm sure the Hall of Fame is now a brunch on on a, <laughs> on a Tuesday. I have no idea because you know there for a while there it was um, right. one night was NXT, one night was WrestleMania, and then one night was the Hall of Fame, to where right. it was kind of like this thing. And now it's a two night WrestleMania, and SmackDown's in the way, so it is kind of a unique thing going on because NXT is trying to, you know, now all of a sudden it's a daytime matinee house show, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, now that you say this, I, I might give it a shot, see what's going on. And I'm sure they do a really good job of showing you stories of what what's, uh, gets you caught up real quick on XT and see what's no, going sure. on and give it a chance again. Yep, just like uh, any WWE programming, as Jake has been telling you for 10 years, you just 
check in and catch up, and you're you're right there. <laughs> Watch one show, and you're all caught up. Uh, the the main event is going to be uh, really good uh, for NXT. The the two kids they got uh, you know, Rick Steiner's son is the champ, um, and uh, his opponent is is really really good. Um, his name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, Car- Carmelo Hayes. Um, so that, that I don't know about the rest of the show. That match is going to be uh, really really good. The main event. Um, but the rest of it, yeah. Oh, I have been following to... Braun Breaker a little bit, and uh, I, yeah. I, I, is it Braun Braun Breaker? Is it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely will. I definitely will check it out then. All right. Uh, any uh, final thoughts about the the WrestleMania car? A lot, lot more positive than normal this year. SoFi Stadium looks uh, like it could be an amazing venue. Um, I, w- I was just watching on HBO the weekend concert there, and uh, that was that was an amazing concert. And what what that stadium can bring uh, is, I think that's that's the first WrestleMania being held there, and uh, it's an interesting structure. And I it, it I think it would look good on camera, and um, it'll be, um, uh, you know, I haven't seen any leaks of the set yet, but um, I, I they've really been going over the top with it year after year, with the exception of COVID mania. <laughs> That's when they broke everything back down. Um, and Jay, because the Rams and Chargers play there at SoFi, this will be our first chance to see what the stadium actually looks like filled up. Hey, hey! <laughs> That's true. Hey, you've been saving that one, haven't you? Uh, actually, that just came to me. It, it's late. Oh. So, so probably every now and then. They'll probably do the attendance record for the building. Oh yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed, they will. Even if it's not the real number, uh, they'll, they'll claim they'll claim it's an attendance record for sure. Uh, Jerry has been great fun once again uh, previewing WrestleMania. I'm always grateful to have you come back every year and do this. We always have a good time. Uh, so thank you very much for for joining us and and looking forward to an actual entertaining WrestleMania. We we hopefully we won't have, we won't have too many dead spots like we usually do. Yeah, thanks for having me again. This was a lot of fun. Well, thanks, Jerry. Right. That is Jerry, the wrestling expert, once again, joining us and previewing WrestleMania 39, I believe this is. Yes, 39. 39 WrestleManias. Boy, I still remember the, the first one, all the way back in 85, I believe. Uh been a long time. Uh, Hulk Hogan is like the only guy still alive, I think, just about from from those days. Uh, well, his tag team partner was Mr. T, and Mr. T is still going too. So those two guys still still kicking. So good for them. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely much more positive uh, this year. Uh, again, the the creative direction. I was stunned. It's 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 a totally different. It's, as soon as Vince McMahon stepped down, Jay it was crazy. All of a sudden, you see guys start. Uh, getting pushed that you you've been waiting on for so long, like you know they're good, but they have they hadn't been really getting the push. Uh, Jerry oh, referenced sure. Jerry referenced some people that would be fired. Uh, Braun, for instance, Braun Strowman was fired, and uh, so, uh, some other people. Uh, uh, Dakota Kai uh, was fired. Uh, one of the women, uh, some really good wrestlers that they just decide to fire. Like every. Uh, April after WrestleMania, they have these rounds of firings, and they just, just okay, you, you're, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. 
and most of them are really good wrestlers, but for whatever reason, Vince McMahon decides, ah, I, I don't need them. We can get, let them go. So then Vince McMahon steps down, and all of a sudden these people start coming back, and it's like, oh, Bron- Braun Strowman's back, and then Dakota Kai's yeah. back, and well, here come all these people back. You say what you will about you know Triple H, um, <laughs> but he's he's from inside the system, so that that makes sense. You know, I mean he, I, you know, Vince tried to insert himself into the system, but you know Triple H worked his way up, and I think he appreciates that the work part of it. Um, that makes sense. He's old. He's old school, like Jerry said. He's he's. Yeah. This is how this is how they did it back when he was growing up. This is how they used to do it. Um, you you reward the the hard workers. Uh, yeah. You even if they don't get over the the greatest of the crowd, you still give them time. That's the difference. Is you look at you know, uh, he, he mentioned L.A. Knight, uh, who's one of those guys who um, he's been around. He's he's older. He's got gray in his beard, so he's not a young guy. But he's starting to catch on. His act is starting to catch on because he's he's entertaining. And instead of just uh, you, you're not catching on fast enough, we'll, we'll wish you well in your future endeavors and getting rid of him. Uh, you're fired. Some time. Yeah, right. You're yeah. fired. Um, this is different now. You give the guy some time, <laughs> give him some, uh, some some spotlight, and you you see what happens. You let him run with it, and and you know give him the ball, let him run with it, and see what happens. And um, it, it's it's a whole different structure. Uh, you know the people working there say it's different and and better. Um, of course, they would say that if the guy if the old guy was a you know as much of a serial uh, sexual assaulter as he's been rumored to be. Uh, what what I really would love to know, I would. Be I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the in the women's locker room when Vince McMahon starts coming back to these shows, which he's been doing the last month or so. Um, I'd love to know what they think because there's got to be some of those in there, some of those women that have been the victim or, or attempted victim, um, and yet they still work there because that's WWE, that's the that's the pinnacle, that's where you want to go. Um, so there's there's stories that still haven't been told yet as far as that goes. I would love to to know some of those stories. Uh, because, you know, I, for instance, I see Trish Stratus coming back, and I see Lita coming back, and those two were, you know, from from the 1990s and 2000s and shit. They know some stuff, and they may have been victims of some stuff. And Trish Stratus specifically uh, was one of uh, – there's been a couple of women that got wrote in storyline-wise as Vince McMahon's lovers, right? And I remember Trish Stratus being one of his lovers and having to, like, kiss him and like tongue kiss him on the air like it's part of the storyline and I and I remember watching that as a you know 20 something year old going are you fucking kidding me I'm supposed to buy this like this hot ass woman is sitting there tongue kissing this old dirty old man and, no this is it's wrong and it's disgusting <laughs> and right. you knew even then that it was an abuse of power you knew that there was something happening there where she I'm sure she didn't want to do that but felt like she sort of had to um, and, and his wife is sitting right there, Linda McMahon, who's now uh, who, who went on to be, you know, part of Donald Trump's cabinet. So uh, there's a lot of shit going on back then, and uh, there's stories. I know there's stories. They just uh, they're, they're not telling them publicly, but I'd love to know some of them. Uh, but yeah, it, it's overall it's still uh, much more positive uh, going on than than negative. Although if the Saudis wind up buying them, then it will be uh, a lot of negative stories once again. Yeah, that's you know, I was just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, 
No, that's part. That's part of the rumors. That definitely was rumored. Wow. Was the Saudis might be because uh, you know they got the money. <laughs> you know they got the money. Oh yeah, and I know they have the ties. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. They're they're already doing business uh, a couple times a year. Uh, so yeah, it would not be uh, it would not be a big leap. Um. All right. Uh, I have to work tomorrow. I don't know if you have to work, but um, I don't. But we but do I, have. I, but I got, I got this damn thing. This 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 chest, and you know, and they checked. You know, it's not COVID. It's not any of that. It's, I don't have a fever. But uh, I, I haven't had a good night's sleep in probably a month and a half. So it it kind of you know hit ahead here this last week, and I was like, oh, going to the doctor. And I went to the doctor, and of course, you know, they put me on some medicine and some lung or sinus thing, and. Uh, trying to like work through this every day is a little better. I'm hoping to be a hundred percent for the weekend because it, it's sitting in a chair for seven hours. Uh, it's, it's not physically stressful, but that is uh, the greatest day in sports can be very mentally draining. I know we get done with it. We're tired. Yeah. I was just thinking about last year that we finished the draft around three in the afternoon and we, uh, you, me and loser went to Buffalo wild wings for a few hours and then we, yeah. Uh, got to our respective hotel rooms like six or seven o'clock. Yeah, I was going to we say finished. six o'clock. We were calling it a night. We're like, oh, yeah, we're done. We, but we we both went to sleep when we well, got back also, to our room. You also had like a four thirty in the morning flight or some crazy <laughs> thing. Yeah. On that on that Sunday, um, right. which thankfully you don't have as early of this time, and and you're flying out of O'Hare instead of That's Midway, right. which is a big positive. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, we don't need to do much of an after show because we're doing this again tomorrow night. We are right back in the saddle tomorrow <laughs> night for our big baseball preview show. Um, so looking forward to that. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll cut the uh, the after show off here. Um, and like I said, I got to go to work. Yeah. Um, and you and you got to save what little voice. I mean, you I'm have, gonna be so. up at six o'clock or six thirty, no matter what, because I've got kids and sure. Alarm clocks start going off, even if it's my day off. That happened to me this morning. So I was just <laughs> sleeping so good finally, and my wife's alarm clock went off at 6.30. So <laughs> what do you do? She has yeah. to work. I had to mm-hmm. work, but I didn't have to work until later in the day. And dealing with some this eye thing. So I was at the eye doctor seeing some specialists today because I'm getting all the uh, – one of my eyes I'm seeing double. So. Oh, yeah, well, it turns out I've got some very common condition in the eye, and he was giving me all the, you know, I, I don't like touching my eyes, and they start talking about shooting lasers and shit. I'm like, I don't, no, 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 let's, uh, mm. I want you cutting my eye open with lasers. No, so no LASIK for you? That's not LASIK. It's to correct some imperfection that I apparently have in my eye. Oh, okay. So, either not way, quite LASIK. Way, no it's, ba- it's basically just trying to, to like, unfuck up my eye enough to where it's just bad vision. Oh, okay. So I get to go. So they fix that, and then I just have bad eyesight versus having bad eyesight with double vision. Right. Uh, well, we're, we're both falling apart because I got It's basically, yeah, it's just called getting old. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still got the nerve thing uh, that I was telling yeah. you about last show. Uh, so, yeah, I, oh, I haven't yeah. Did, the the little and ring finger on my left hand, I haven't been feeling it for a month now. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And no, uh, and I'm giving myself my best crash course on baseball 
uh, this year. So one nice thing about a long work commute is uh, hitting the podcasts, like all the fantasy podcasts, pretty hard. So hmm. and just reading um, up on the news and trying to get myself up on the rosters. You know, I had given up on my team last season and then somehow backdoored into money, which I wasn't expecting. Um, is that how it always happens? Isn't that crazy? So I wasn't really into much of that, of that was happening with these guys that got called up late. So I'm almost re-educating myself to a lot of this stuff, but I'll be ready. Uh, my picks, uh, when you hear them, you might say that I should have been listening to more podcasts or something. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> they're they're well, we'll probably going to be a little sure goofy. We'll, I'm sure we'll get at that. As, uh, yeah, tomorrow's the big, was that two-hour uh, baseball preview? Yeah, well, I, you know, you know we're gonna go. You know we're gonna fill up the time, and you well, know, yeah, the it last... doesn't matter how long the show is. Right. We're gonna talk about the last division in four minutes. In the last five minutes, four or five minutes. Yeah. Yep. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll cut it now so that we can save ourselves right. a little bit and get ready for tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, back-to-back podcast. Your boys are in the saddle. For two nights in a row, tomorrow is our big baseball preview, and hopefully we will entertain you as much as we did tonight with our wrestling preview, if we entertained you at all. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, our big WrestleMania 39 preview, much more positive than usual, and hopefully everyone will be entertained by that show which I will not be able to watch Saturday night because I'll be asleep after our baseball draft. Uh, Our baseball preview show tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Hopefully we will talk to you then. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.